You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Do The Work series. I am so excited for this one. This is going to be with Sabrina Phillips. Sabrina has been a dear friend and client for many years, and this is the first podcast recording or really anything quite like this that we've done together. So really, really excited to have her here. So Sabrina is a highly sought after international online business coach and strategist who has been highlighted in the pages of Forbes, Cosmopolitan, The Independent, Goalcast, and Business Insider. She helps entrepreneurs build intentional, manageable, and profitable businesses so they can experience the ultimate personal and financial freedom that can only come from owning your own venture. At 22, Sabrina moved to Bali with $800 to her name, and at 24, she made her first million. She's built a loyal community of over 100,000 business owners who follow her closely to see where in the world she'll inspire them from next. Sabrina splits her time between Indonesia, Australia, and Europe with her fiance, Paul. So, One of the reasons I invited Sabrina to be part of this is because this woman grows and levels up faster than anyone I know, and she has such wisdom about how to use mindset to do it. I've literally seen this woman grow from basically a baby in Bali to a world traveler, a seven-figure business owner, and all of it can be attributed to how she thinks about things and how she does the work. You'll notice so much with Sabrina how deeply she decides and commits to things, and it's hands down why she always gets the results she does. I am just so pumped for you to listen to this because it will serve you and honestly potentially trigger you and show you your blind spots in a really epic way. So here it is. Oh my God, this is like the weirdest thing ever. I cannot believe we haven't done something like this together before. I know it's wild, right? We've been working together for like three years, three and a half years. This is wild. This is going to be so fun. Okay, so people already know you. They already know all about you, but just give a little rundown real quick and then we'll dive in. I am Sabrina. I am an online business coach for women entrepreneurs. I like to blow shit up quite quickly. (laughs) Uh, Some would call me a witch even. And I would co-sign that. I would co-sign that as well. So yeah, that's me. So Sabrina went zero to a million in nine months at this point, nine months. Right. Yeah. And has basically just continued (laughs) to blow it up the whole time. You've had a seven figure, multiple seven figure business for most of the time that you've been in business at this point. And yeah, you've just like blown things up really quickly. So let's talk about like what role mindset has had in that. So when I say like based on those obviously epic results, what role did mindset play? What would you say? I really think it's like 95% of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you just don't believe it's possible, it's never going to happen. And I think that the number one hiccup that people have is they think they can't get the thing that they want. And so then they don't show up for the thing that they want and they don't take action. And yep. if they had just believed in it, like if you believe something's going to be true, you're going to run your little heart out. You know, like <laughs> if you think you can get a four minute mile, 
And you, you're just going to run, 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 and you're going to make it happen. Yep. Right. But if you just don't think you can do it, you're suddenly going to start like walking slowly or like sit down on the sidelines and give up kind of thing. Well, it's why when like people break the mile record, then every, not everyone else, but so many other people break it so quickly after that, because it's like, you just were shown that it's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it just stretches your thinking on what you can do and that just stretches your behaviors and just makes you show up differently. Totally. And I think like, it's so funny because when people hear something like, you know, mindset's 95% of the game, I think there's almost like some elusiveness about it. Like, it's like, well, what does that mean? What does that even look like? How would I put that into practice? But I think you kind of just really simplified it right there, which is like, if you believe it's going to be yours, then you show up like that's true. And it all starts to work out from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where for me, it's always made mindset for myself and even just teaching mindset to other people a lot easier because I think some people see mindset as like witchy or woo woo and like 100% am a witch. And also (laughs) I show up like a witch. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I show up for the results. Like if you don't have that belief set, you're just not going to take the action steps that you need to. And so I think for me really drilling in for people like, but no, but like the action and the strategy is led by the mindset. Mm-hmm. then I think that makes it a lot easier for people to realize why it's so important. A hundred percent. I think it's so funny because like even notice how Sabrina says she's a witch, like with so much truth and sis- sincerity, like she's saying like the most true thing she could possibly say because yeah. she believes that. And then it like shows up like it's true. Like, I think it's just so funny how so many people would never like say that about themselves or claim that about themselves. And so they're not having that experience. Right. But you are someone who like just locks the fuck in on stuff and then it always happens. Right. But I think that's also just a good example of how sometimes our mindset catches up to things. So I've seen it happen so many times where I say I want something and then I get it. And so now in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm a witch. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just (laughs) need to go for it. Yep. And then you like have that big launch and then you say like, oh, I'm the type of person who can have big launches. Yep. So sometimes people end up doing mindset backwards. But for me, I've just gotten what I wanted so many times that it's like, well, obviously I'm a witch. And a very frustrating witch sometimes because I'll be like, hey, have you thought about it like this? Or have you done this? And she'll be like, it doesn't matter. I'm a witch. <laughs> is that true or is that true? Well, I think the nice thing about being a witch and about mindset work is that if you just decide it's going to happen, the how comes next. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've already decided that the launch is going to sell out or the business is going to make that amount of money, or I'm going to get engaged in Paris or whatever the fuck. And then because of that, the actions just comes into place and the strategy just, it, it falls into place. So if I started with the how and then negotiated the result. I don't think I would have the results that I do. Okay. So can I tell a funny story about the engagement really fast? Speaking of that. Sure can. Sure can. Okay. So funny story is that Sabrina was like locked in on that. Like she was like, I'm getting engaged in Paris this week. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, I sure was locked the fuck in. And of course I never am like, um, telling her, her thoughts are not valid, but in my mind, I was like, Mm, I don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, Doubted. 
I doubted. I didn't tell you I was doubting, but I was for sure doubting, right? All, all I'm going to say is coaches are supposed to hold the highest vision possible for their clients. You might want to Okay, I, I, you're right. I, I was not holding the highest vision possible. I was like, mm, we'll see. So I'm just having a normal work day, working right along, and some weird number calls my phone and I don't answer it. And then I get a text um, from Sabrina's now fiance, Paul, that's like, hey, can you call me today? Which is like super weird, right? Like it's not like Paul just always texts me and asks me to call him. <laughs> like, right? And so I'm like, oh no, like is something wrong? What happened? I I call him, he answers the phone. He's like, so listen, I'm gonna propose to Sabrina today and just want to talk to you about it real quick. And I was like, motherfucker, she was right. Like yes. every time. And it was so funny to just be like, that's how locked in you were. Like you fucking knew it. Right. Listen, I also conjured up your fucking engagement as well. I held the vision for that one too. I was very witchy woo woo on that one. And we both ended up getting engaged in Paris. So there's like ripple effects to my magic. It's true. It's true. And you were very locked in on that as well. I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. And you were like, you are fucking getting engaged this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were on it. But I think that's just a really good example of like, it doesn't just have to be in business. It's like deciding it's yours, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen because actually you guys were supposed to leave Paris before that. So there was like this point where it didn't look like it was going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we had actually even texted that day and I was like, oh, it's our last night in Paris. I'm not sure. And I think at that point you did know. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's funny because sometimes just when you're about to get it is when people start to doubt. Right. Even when you're so used to getting the thing that you want and like you always hit your launch numbers or you always have whatever there, I think even for anyone that doubt still creeps in right at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that you say that because it is always when we're closest, right? Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. And actually I remember this too. And you tell me if you remember this the same, <laughs> the same way I do, but, um, you had a live event last year. Oh yes. When was it? November. November. Yeah. Yep. And you had a really big goal. You had like a 500 K sales goal. No, it was 200. Well, when we initially started talking about the event, I think we had it bigger. And then we were like, hey, first event, let's be yeah. like somewhat reasonable here. Yeah. And then initially it was half a million. That's right. Right. Then this little witch here, we get there on the first day. And I remember going to your room and you're like, mm, I think I want it to be 500 again. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm kidding. But kind of. Uh, but you just got to roll with it when Sabrina gets locked on something. Like you're like, yep, let's, let's do it. And so then I remember the day of like, you know, kind of like pitch day or whatever, you totally wavered that morning for a minute, right? You were like, Ooh, I don't know, maybe not, whatever. And totally just kind of mindseted yourself, got back in it and it was 500 K like, and nothing about that made sense, right? Like you converted, like, I don't know. 70% 30% of the room. I'm kidding, but something wild. It, it was about 30% of the room, yeah, yeah, that we converted. So we made half a million off like 100 people, 110 people. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
Got that it. was a one hour pitch too. That's the crazy thing. Like 45 minutes, an hour. Most people like pitch all weekend. And that was the pretty much the one and only time we pitched. And what I think was so interesting about that is like the same thing kind of happened there, right? Like it was the big goal, then you changed it, then it was the big goal, then you wavered, but like you still hit the goal. And I think that's what's so important for people to see is like when we say lock in, we don't mean you'll never have a wobble. We just mean you yeah. you keep at it anyway, right? Yeah, there have definitely been wobbles and hesitation <laughs> with every single goal, mm-hmm. especially one that's bigger than what you've done before, because it's that same mindset stuff come up of like, can I even have something that big? Like, is this even possible? So yeah, you just, you have to constantly shift back to the thing. And for me, the thing that helps me stay in it the most is just like showing up and like taking action and like, go, 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 but also like having tons of fun along the way too. Yeah. I feel like one of your biggest things is totally like an energetic thing, which is like, how much fun are you having? So we have this like joke between like Sabrina and Paul and I, and we call that version of Sabrina, Sabrina, Singapore, Sabrina. Yeah. Because there is this like one moment that we all really remember really well when her business had just started to like totally hit that explosion point and you were in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you tell that story. I don't know why I'm telling it. You tell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes you guys call me Hong Kong Sabrina too. Basically, just international. I think glamorous I, Sabrina. I think I use Singapore Sabrina because of the alliteration, but it could have been in Hong Kong. <laughs> it, it's been a few places. <laughs> I've, I've, like Lake Como Sabrina, she always does well. She has a nice time. Um, Sydney Sabrina, she knows what's up. But yeah, so I had just had, I think, like one of my first big cash months, like I think 25K from the coaching business, 30K, something. I don't actually don't even remember how much the business made that month. Do you do you remember? I think it was about 30. Like I think, but I think it was like such a fast jump. Like I think it was like so that just seemed so big at the time, right? Mm, Yeah. It it felt massive. I was like, I'm loaded. So I decided (laughs) I spent $21,000 at the Cartier store in Singapore because I was just like, whatever, I'm always going to be loaded. I'm always going to keep making more money. So I'm just going to buy these now because I want them. So I tell that story to a lot of my clients now. Yeah. um, Of like, as soon as you started making that really good money, you decided it was never ending. Like you were so locked in. Like when you bought those bracelets, for example, like most people, when they make their first little bit of money, I almost feel like they hide it and don't even want to spend it or something, right? Because they're like, what if it never happens again? What if it goes away? And you were like, Cartier bracelet, bitch, like this is always going to continue. Like, what do you think let you lock in like that? Um, I think for me, it was just this idea of like, well, if I can do it once, like, why can't I do it a hundred times? Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that also helps is when you're kind of living as if for me, it was not so much a negotiable anymore. It's like, okay, but this is my lifestyle now. Like I go to five-star hotels and I have Cartier jewelry and I have Chanel bags Mm -hmm. and I go to nice restaurants and this is just what I expect and demand from my life. So I think my actions really had to level up to match that. Um, And then it goes from like maintaining your lifestyle to growing your lifestyle. So for me, I think that has been a really helpful thing of if I can do it once, why can't I just do it a hundred times? I think that's so true. That's something I 
notice with a lot of people is like, they almost take the opposite of that is like, I did it once. So it must mean it will be harder to replicate. And it's like the exact opposite, right? It's like, once you've done it once, like it's always a hundred times easier to do it again. Like every launch for you gets easier and easier. Yeah. I, I just, I don't believe in one hit wonders. I don't believe in once in a lifetime opportunities. I think that we've get a new chance every single day. And I think that's what's helped me a lot. So and also good. once you do it enough times, right? Like I, yeah. I don't even know how many five-figure months, six-figure months, six-figure launches, multiple six-figure launches, whatever I've had that to me, it's just like, well, of course it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that something you do really well that is a little bit of what you just said, but I would like for you to talk about it more is like, you get almost like, you know, I love you. So I can say this, you almost get bratty about it. Like you're just like, once you've hit it one time, you're like never available for less. Like it's almost like a bratty attitude, but in a good way of just being like, I will never be available for less. Right. Well, yeah. Cause it just like, <laughs> like how, how do you go from a 200 K cash month to a 20 K cash month? You know? Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Like, like what's the dog old yeller? You take him out back and shoot him. Like take it, take me out back. (laughs) (laughs) See, but like, this is how locked in she is. She's like, I would just never like, that's not a thing for me anymore. Even though like, of course, 20 K's great. It's just like, you're so like, my mind isn't there at all. Right. It's not about the money for me. It's about the drop in lifestyle. Like it could be going from like a 10 K month to a one K month. And I think that is something a lot of people struggle with is they have very inconsistent income mm-hmm. because they let it be inconsistent because they have that one big month and they're like, oh, I'm so exhausted. That was so hard. I worked so hard. I've never worked so hard in my life. Work, work, work. <laughs> and then they're just like, I just need to rest now. Yeah. Like I, I just need to chill for the next three months. And then the bank account's at zero again. And then they have like another big month and like, oh, I'm so exhausted now. But for me, it's always like, this is my new normal. This is my new normal. This is my new normal. And my new normal has just grown and grown and grown and grown. For sure. And like back to that point that we were talking about of kind of like getting so locked in and sort of not being available for any less than that. And that like Singapore, Singapore Sabrina thing is like, you just make it like such an enjoyable thing. Like, I think like what I noticed through you is like, you just try to have so much fun with it every time that it doesn't feel like, oh, I worked so hard and it was so awful. Like, I feel like you're always constantly creating a positive association. Like I got this bag because of this launch or I did this thing because of this. It's like, talk about that and kind of like creating that like joyful, fun energy with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I lived in Bali for three years. I'm not sure if if your peeps know that, but I lived in Bali for three years and then I've been traveling full time for about maybe nine months now. Um, And just over the last four years, it is pretty wild. Nine months. Four years. I've been to the best hotels all over the world. Like not one nice trip, like 50 nice trips like just the absolute best restaurants all across the world. I have the most beautiful clothes, the most beautiful shoes, the most beautiful handbags. And it's just like fun. You know, like people sometimes think like to make that much money, you must be like exhausting yourself and like never stop working. But for me, it's like, well, I just am like responding to Slack messages at like a champagne brunch at a five-star hotel with like a penthouse view looking down on Hong Kong or something. So it's like, I'll I'll go cry my Ferrari kids. You know what I mean? I'm like laughing so hard because it's so true. And 
you just have such a belief. So I'm going to give another example. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you care if I give this example, but you probably don't. Sabrina just believes in herself so much. She like doesn't give a F about anything most of the time. So like even at her event, do you know what I'm going to (laughs) say? I don't. (laughs) I'm nervous. I was basically having to like mm, bribe her, force her, take her against her will to finish the fucking slides that had to get done for this event. Like she would be like fucking around on her phone and we would have to be like on stage in three minutes. And I would have to be like, I literally will not talk to you for the rest of the day if you don't help me finish this slide. But But she doesn't care. But I just killed it though. You killed it. That's what I mean. Like you just, but I think that's like the opposite of some people. Like they would have like totally overprepared, thought all of these things were in their way, felt like they had to work super hard, whatever. And you are so good at being like, it will work out. It really doesn't matter. But also that's just because that's been my belief system. Like I did extemporaneous debate in high school and college, which basically means you get like three questions out of an envelope, you pick one, and then you have 30 minutes to prepare and memorize a seven minute speech. So in my brain, I'm like, well, I'm really good off the cuff. Like I can just Mm -hmm. present, I'm great at it. If I didn't have that belief, I just wouldn't show up. So like even your personal mindset will impact you in business. Cause some people will say like, but I'm so awkward at networking parties, then they don't go fucking network. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but if you, if you thought that you were the fucking life of the party, this would be a whole different show. Totally. And Paul and I always laugh because it's like your magic and it's also what drives everyone crazy. Yeah, I know. Y'all need to learn to keep up. Right? Like we're like, just just finish the slide. Like, come on, you know. But then she's pour like, me another chance. Woo-woo. Huh? And I'm over here like, pour me another chance. Yeah. And she's like, Where is my drink? Where is my Chick-fil-A? Like I'm Chick-fil-A. That's the best part of America. It, well, and me, but yeah. Yeah. That too. <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's the magic. Right. And so it's like, we all like leave that to you. Like you, your job is to like show up and bring the magic kind of thing. And so yeah. it's so funny because it's like, we really can't get mad at her about it in a sense either. Like Paul wants to be mad at you about it, but like he also can't. Cause it's like, it always works out. But it's also like just that's like the thing. Like yeah. literally the mindset and the belief is the thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And it's because like if someone else was in that same position, they would believe that they had to have the perfect plan or the perfect slides. And you just never ever believe that. Mm-hmm. You're like unavailable to believe that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I think that stuff like is a strategy decision. I don't think that's like the actual thing that makes it happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to happen because you believe it happens, not because of your fucking slides, because that like it did, it didn't need to be slides. It could have been pre-recorded. Like it could have been something else. It could have been whatever. Yeah. That's the how. So good. So how do you like make yourself sort of stay locked in on something, even when it seems like it's not going to happen? So even when like, whatever you're having the wobble or, you know, everyone is kind of showing you evidence that it might be going in another direction or everything. Like what makes you stay locked in? Being emotionally dead inside. (laughs) Damn it. I knew you were going to say that. And I was even going to type in the chat to you. Don't say being emotionally dead. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But kind of. I think that (laughs) you, you have to be a little bit of an asshole and just kind of be like, oh, like they're so silly. 
Like, yeah. cause no one knows what you're capable of more than you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be delusional. You, you have to kind of just like isolate yourself from other people's opinions. Like I yeah. think that we're all going to project our own stories and feelings and beliefs of what's possible onto others. Yeah. So like maybe Lacey thinks, well, it's not really possible that Paul's going to propose to you in Paris. And I'm just like, Fuck I didn't you, Lacey, say that. listen, I listen, didn't say it. But it was, it was just an example, but right. But like everyone has their own perspective on what's possible. And typically our perspective of what's possible is based on what we've experienced. So if I went and I go, went and talked to like an eight figure business owner, they might be like, yeah, obviously you can make half a million on stage an hour, whatever. But then if I went to someone who was like a nine to five school teacher, she might be like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, totally. So be conscious of who you surround yourself with. But I think some people are like, cut out everyone who doesn't agree with you. I think that's wrong, right? Like your mom might not fucking believe that you can be a seven-figure business owner, but you just have to turn off your ears a little bit. And I think it's just what you said too, is like kind of recognizing like ultimately like everyone gets to pick what's true for them, but you're going to pick the thing that actually is what you want it to be, right? Right. So just being really mindful of like, what do I actually believe to be true? And what does everyone else believe to be true? And am I, am I borrowing their beliefs for the day? Am I trying them on for size? Mm -hmm. And I think what's so interesting about that is like, that's something that you have really, really pushed yourself on is kind of to always believe at the next level, right? Like, I feel like that's something you do with a lot of intent, right? Yeah, for sure. you're kind of always going like, what's the next level of belief I can have? I feel like instead of like, how do we just do that again? Or how do we like maintain it? Like you're never asking that question. No. And I think that's part of the reason why I've grown though, because if I'm always like focused on the next level, then strategically, I'm just so future thinking that it just makes happen a little bit quicker, I think, Mm -hmm. compared to others. For sure. And I think the other thing about you is you are never scared to try anything. No. Like that's one of the things I noticed most about you in terms of how fast you grew. Like now I'm going to say this, but don't give yourself too much credit here. Okay. You really like to pick on me, don't you? She deserves this one. (laughs) Pretty reliably. If I say something, you'll do it. It doesn't mean you don't give me a very, very hard time in the middle. And that's what I'm not letting you take credit for. Cause you definitely give me a run for my money in the middle. But you, you never like won't do something. Does that, is that true? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's where the magic is for you because so many people let their mindset hold them back from doing things. Like you're never, ever unwilling to do something. Yeah. But I think even that's just mindset. Like someone won't do something because they're like, oh, but what if I fail? Or like, oh, what if that like bitch from high school thinks that I'm stupid? Like, fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. Like you just never, like you just never won't do something. And I think that that's so, so powerful because you believe in yourself that much. Like it's such a reflection of how much you believe in yourself. Yeah. But I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And even if you try something, it doesn't work out how you want. Like, I think the other thing that you don't do is make it mean anything. Right. You're not like, oh my God, that didn't go how I thought it was going to go. And so that means something. Like I've just never seen you really get invested in making any of that mean anything. No, because we we assign meaning, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. So tell the people what, (laughs) what 
like, what does it look like in terms of coaching? Like how has having coaching on mindset made the difference for you? And then like, how do you help your clients with that? Um, well, I think that having someone who knows your mind is really important because mindset to me is just a series of patterns that we are continuously shifting and we all have different patterns. So for me, my pattern might be freak out toward the end. And also like one of my patterns is every time I'm about to launch something, I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to buy. And at this point, like, he's just like, shut up. You know? <laughs> like every time you guys, but also she has the biggest launches. She kills it. So like, don't think that that's standing in your way. Right. 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 I've had three half a million dollar launches at this point. I've had God knows how many multiple six figure launches, six figure launches, whatever. And yet with all that evidence, even so my pattern is still like, Oh my gosh, but no one's going to buy. Right. I like, I have all my own individual set of patterns. I'm sure Lacey has her set of patterns, although she really does seem like a perfect mindset unicorn. Um, (laughs) but like everyone has their stuff. So the nice thing about coaching is someone can reflect that back to you when you're in your pattern, because we aren't always able to catch it. And so we think we're in this whole big, like new massive thought, like, but of course it's not going to work. And she's like, yeah, but you say that every time. So like, shut up. And it's like, oh yes, you're right. Like this is, this is not actually real. This is my thoughts. This is not the truth of the situation. Yeah. Because like every time your brain tries to trick you, right. It's like, no, but this time it's true. This time it's really a thing. This time it means something. And when someone else can be like, nope, it's kind of the same, same thing. That's when like, you're able to click into that new thought. Totally. And the nice thing about mindset coaching is you get support developing the tools to shift it quicker so that you can start to shift these things on your own. But I think the reason why it's so good as a, like a continued investment is because as someone who has hit quite a lot of levels very quickly, like there's, there's always going to be something that comes up. There's always going to be something funky every single time you stretch yourself. Totally. And I think that's sort of really why it's so magical. And I think why it's so helpful to continue to get that because if, if you know it's 95% of the game, like why would you not be showing up for that piece of the game basically, right? A hundred percent. Okay. So with your clients, like what do you see be like the biggest things that shift their mindset or that they have to work on to kind of like hit those really big numbers? Um, yeah. So I have a lot of clients that I coach to seven figures, high multiple six figures. And I would say that their mindset challenges are a lot of the same that I hear from the people who are starting their business for the very first time. Mm-hmm. There's a few there's a few different ones and I'll explain what those are. But like for example, I had three clients hit seven figures last year and every single one of them would come to me and they would be like, oh my God, my launch is not working. <laughs> it's not working. And I'm like, sure, sure. Yes, you're right. Except look at all this information and data and statistics that we have. But yes, tell me how it's not working. Um, <laughs> So I see a lot of that with my higher level clients. I see a lot of um, just like comparison and I think like fear of how do I maintain this and this whole, it's it's always interesting to see their new normal constantly elevate and change. And I think that's something I try to talk to them a lot about a lot because let's say someone just has their first big month and then, you know, they see another client in the mastermind who has a Cartier bracelet and they're like, oh, well, I want to get one too. And then they start to freak out. And then it's that conversation of it's not a splurge. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
And so just creating that new normal, I think for me is the really fun thing. I have a client who just bought a horse. I have um, two clients who just bought houses and it's just, it's nice seeing that elevation of the lifestyle because they just assume that they're going to maintain it and grow it. Whereas before it would have been like, oh my gosh, I had one big month. I can never do it again. And now it's more about how can I keep growing before people hit that level? I think that one of the biggest thing entrepreneurs struggle with is visibility mindset. Mm-hmm. So like, oh my gosh, like how can I do a live stream? Like what if people hate me? Like what if, what if, what if? And then someone who's further along might be like, but can I actually do it that much? Like, can I go live every single day? Am I going to annoy people? Whereas with people just starting out, it's like, can I do it the first time? And then when you're further along, you start to question, but can I even do it this many times? Like, can I even launch this month? Are people going to think I'm so spammy and salesy? Totally. And I think it's so funny, right? Because it's like, all the same flavor of a gym, like, of yeah, the same, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it looks different, but it's all the fucking same, right? It's all the same. It's just really, it's, it's interesting because I think mindset is where we're all just really vulnerable and human. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people forget that even the girls who are making seven figures, multiple six figures, having 100K cash months still struggle with this stuff. And I can assure you that they absolutely do. And I think it's just like deciding that that doesn't keep you from getting what you want anymore, right? Like that's sort of the big thing I feel like is just not deciding that mindset means anything. Or I mean, that having a mindset wobble means anything about you not getting what you want. Yeah. I would say my clients who are further along definitely shift a lot quicker. Yeah, totally. Because they've had to, otherwise they wouldn't have the results that they do. I think that you also take reflection quicker. Like you are so fast to take reflection. You know what I mean? Like if I'm like, Hey, are you doing that thing again where you think people aren't going to buy? You're like, "Mm, yep. And then you shift. Like it's not this long drawn out process. Right. But I think that's also why it's nice, like sticking with the same coach, because if I've been, I have some clients I've been coaching, you know, for a year and a half now. And if they're struggling with something, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Like, I remember when you were making 15K a month and you said the exact same thing and now you're making 100K a month. Like, do we want to revise that statement? Yes. And actually, I think it's really interesting because a lot of my clients actually make more than me in a sense because my business model is different, right? With the one-on-one and the percentage. And so your business makes more than a lit up life does. But like, I think that it's like almost like it literally doesn't matter at that point. It's just like, do you have someone that can see your shit and point it out to you? Right. That's the thing. Because if we didn't have the mindset down, the business strategy literally wouldn't matter. Yep. Mm -hmm. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because that's where so many people get stuck in this world, right? Is they do all the strategies with an absolute shit mindset. And they're like, why am I working so hard and not getting results? And nine times out of 10, it's always that. Yeah. And I think that's just where intention is really important. Like if you don't actually know what you want or what you want to be true for you, and that's where you start to take on what other people tell you, like you should be or how your business should feel or how it should work or how it should whatever. And then you get this thing that you never even wanted. And then you just blow it up because you're like, this sucks ass. A hundred percent. And like, I think that it just feels like, well, it was never worth it to begin with. And you like make all of that stuff wrong. And it's like, none of that stuff was wrong. It's just that you like, didn't actually enjoy any of it. Right. And if it's not fun, you're not going to want to keep doing it. Yep. Right. Because that's just our belief. Like we don't do things that aren't fun. 
And I think people can think they're above that, but they're not. Like, I think that's like human psychology 101. Like we do things that feel good. Completely. So I think that's why making success feel good and showing up for yourself feel good and doing the hard thing and doing the live stream and showing up to your coaching call and not being such a pain in the ass for your coach. I don't always win that battle. But <laughs> when, you, when you start to do that stuff, everything becomes so much easier. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when you realize that like you can mindset 95% of this, right? Yeah. Like you're saying, like you can kind of like just make it happen. Yeah. And that's, but like, I think people just like underestimate the amount of strategy that naturally follows belief. Like, that's that's such a good way to say it. I have never heard someone say it so well, but that's like the perfect way to say it. Say that one more time. People underestimate the amount of strategy that naturally follows belief. Boom. You know, because like, I'm, I'm very strategic. I think people probably see my strategy more than my mindset from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. but like, I wouldn't take those actions. I wouldn't show up as aggressively. I wouldn't be as creative as I am if I didn't believe that it was possible and be willing to take risks. Totally. I always call Sabrina a Rottweiler. Listen. No, in a good way. Because it's like, once she locks on something, like a Rottweiler, like locks their jaw on something, like it's not letting go until it gets what it wants. And that's how she is. And like, so of course strategy follows that, but it almost feels like unimportant at that point. It just feels like a normal, of course, next step. Right. For sure. My little Rottweiler. But like once you turn the engine on, the wheels turn, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Totally. Okay. So tell me what your mindset work looks like. So obviously we're talking about like, what does it look like to actually do this work? And I think we've like definitely explained it really well on a high level, but for you, like, what does the work look like? So I think that journaling is really awesome because it can help you go deep. But I think once you go deep, the trick is quickly shifting constantly. Mm -hmm. Agree. People make the mistake of thinking, well, like I journaled once or I cried once or, you know, I went to a, a Tony Robbins weekend and like, I'm good now. And it's like, bitch, you're not good. So <laughs> you're not good. Like you just, you have to get really, it's, it's a habit, right? Like it's literally a muscle. Like if you, the first push up sucks and then you do 10,000 pushups and you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, even he, he still has to do a push up to maintain his chest. Yep. Totally. Right? So lots of deep dive at the beginning. Like, I think that's why like therapy and spiritual encounters and all that stuff is so great for people. Cause it kind of cracks them open, but then you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. So for me, my mindset practice nowadays, I think the number one thing is having you in my corner, just anytime something comes up, just like voicing it and having mm-hmm. that permission to shift. Um, totally. yeah, for me, it's just catching things in the moment these days. Cause I've kind of done the deep work on what I believe to be possible and just constantly upgrading what I believe to be possible. I remember a time where you used to carry around two journals with you at all times. Like everywhere you went, you had two journals with you. Yeah. Like constant. Um, and like, you don't have to do that in the same way anymore because you're just so practiced at it. It's like kind of like breathing almost to find that shift versus like where before it was like so effortful, right? It took a lot of work at the beginning and I really hated journaling to be honest. Oh my God, you did. I was like, why? 
like that sounds so stupid. Like you just want me to talk about my feelings and like made up wishes. Like what is this Aladdin and just write this shit down? <laughs> but it just seems so dumb. Like it just seems so dumb. And then you like start doing it and like you notice because the thing is about mindset work is it's just reprogramming your brain. Like you're yeah. doing intense repetition of thoughts and creating new thoughts. And then eventually just you've thought it enough times that it's like, okay, this is my new normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just, it sucks at first because you're like, but this isn't actually real. Like this is so stupid because you're still stuck in your old, old mindset. And then it shifts and you're like, okay, yeah, I totally get it now. It's almost like a light bulb moment, I think. But then yeah. you have to like keep changing the bulb to make sure it's still got power. You can't just like forget about it. Let it burn out. For sure. I think that that's like the the thing that you always know because you have so much evidence of it. Like you always know that you're going to get what you want through your mindset. So you're just always attentive to that. Where like, I think a lot of people at the beginning of mindset work are so skeptical of it. Kind of like you were mentioning that they're just not doing it yeah. enough to to see that result. Now you're doing it like, like all day, every day, basically. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like, it literally does not make sense that a 26 year old has a multiple seven figure business. That's what I wanted to talk about. I know we're kind of getting to the end. Do you have like another few minutes? I've got time. You've got time. I've got time. But yeah, like it just, it doesn't make sense. Nothing you have ever done has made sense ever. No, but because I constantly get it and I constantly believe it's going to happen. It just happens. So let's talk about that for a second, because like when you made your first million, like, I don't even remember the exact numbers though. I'm sure we have them somewhere, but like the amount of people in like your group or on your list or on your Instagram or whatever was so ridiculously negligible compared to the money you were making. Right. Yeah. I think it was like 5,000. I don't know how many people in my group, maybe 10,000 or something. I think on my email list, it was like five or 8,000. I honestly can't remember the exact numbers, but it was nothing compared to what it is now. I feel like it was even less when you made the first, or maybe what I'm thinking of is when you had the first 500k launch. First first 500k, I think it was 5,000 people in the Facebook group. Email list, I don't even know, three or four. Yeah. They're just nothing. I don't, I don't really think I emailed my list back then at all, actually. (laughs) Right. So yeah, just, it did not, it didn't make sense. Like there was nothing to support it. Even like IE live mathematically, you can't make half a million dollars off a hundred people, but we did. It's so true. And I think that it's just like, really important for people to hear that because I feel like the predominant narrative in this space is like, it has to look a certain way. It has to be a certain way. It only works if it's a certain way. Like you have to have whatever this one exact number, or it has to, um, you have to send this email at 5 PM or whatever it is. And I think that like the thing that I just want people to hear about that is like nothing you've done has ever, ever made sense. You just decided to believe it anyway. Well, it just seems really stupid to me that because like people say like, oh, you put in $1, you get out three from Facebook ads. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to do less than put in $1, get out five. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm not really like available for less than that. Like that's just what I expect from my team and my conversion rate. So for this last launch, it was like put in $1, get out $9. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. But like (laughs) people would say like, that's not normal. Like it's put in one, get out three. Or people would say like, a conversion rate is like 2% or like mm-hmm. an opt-in rate is 10% or like whatever percent or a click-through yeah. rate is this percent or that. And it's just, 
you want, I think paying attention to the numbers is good, but I don't think it's the whole thing. Like I, I like having the information, but I don't make the information mean something. And I think that like you can look at it really neutrally. So like anytime we're having a numbers conversation, it's not an emotionally charged thing that you then like use to like wage war against yourself kind of thing. It's just like a factual neutral thing that doesn't mean anything about the result. Right. But the thing is like, I've already decided that I'm getting it. So Mm -hmm. at that point, like the mindset work is done and then it just is when I can be strategic. I'm like, okay, well my launch goal is this and I'm currently here. What else can I do? Or what can I shift or like what else is needed or like what's missing? So I get very much into like action mode, which I think helps me a lot because then I feel very in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. I've just decided that it's happening. I think the other thing is I've just told myself and like believed it to be true that like they all come in at the end. Yeah. So that also for me is really calming during a launch because I might be like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you're on day two. Um, (laughs) If you were supposed to get a hundred people in two days, it would be a two day launch, but it's not, it's a two week launch. So like, chill. Yeah, totally. I've I've just like created all these little belief systems of how things get to work and how things are are supposed to look like. And then I've just let my reality reflect that back to me. So good. You are just like an epic example of mindset and just being someone that fully lives it. Like I just, you know, obviously I'm behind the scenes and can just say that to be like a hundred percent true. Like when she says like she fully believes it and fully locks in on it, like it is just the truth, truth, right? That or I'm an ex- excellent example of cult of personality. Well, that too. You know? That one is well. <laughs> there you go. Also that. Um, okay, anything else you want to say on that or that you want to share? Lacey. I just feel like I'm just so happy to have you here. Everyone should hire Lacey. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> that's a belief you can pick up and try on for size. Oh, I love you. Thank you for doing this with me. I let's do yeah. this more. Like I just loved having this conversation. I mean, look, it's always hurt my feelings that there's a happy thought show with Sarah and I've just been over here from the sidelines crying, wondering when it's my turn. So <laughs> when will it be me? You let me know. We are here for it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Tell thank sure you. they already know, but tell the people where they can find you. Right next to Lacey. <laughs> right by my side. Um, I'm on places. I'm on the internet. I'm on Instagram. She has a podcast. I have a podcast. I have a Facebook group. I've got some shit. What's your podcast <laughs> called? Oh, it's the Sabrina Phillip podcast. See, like, this is funny. Even just, like, the belief that, like, she doesn't even have to say. Like, she's like, you'll find me. It's fine. Right? Just- yeah, but like for most people, because no one can ever spell my last name, so I'm, I just yeah. tell them to Google Sabrina Phillip Forbes, and then yep. that just that just sorts that shit out, and then they'll find me if they want to. Perfection. We will so link that. Are always the right people find me anyway. See, so I don't have to give too many shits. You just don't. Yeah, just always works out for you. Always. Amen. See? So good. Okay, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This was so freaking useful. And we will link all of the places you can find this lovely little human. No, make them work for it. (laughs) No links for you. (laughs) All right. Bye guys. 
Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.